I was lost in shame, could not get past my blame till he called my name. I'm so glad he changed me. Darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out, and I'm no longer bound. I'm so glad he saved me. See, I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, this new life, and I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new story and he's mine yes he's mine it's a new there is a new name written down in glory and he's mine yes he's mine i'm at the author of my story and he's mine yes he's mine left me blind but jesus opened my eyes now I see the light I'm so glad he changed me Now I'm walking free I got the victory See it's all over me I'm so glad he changed me See I am a new creation in Christ The old is gone and new life And I live by faith now new name 
glory and he's mine yes he's mine i met the author of my story and he's mine yes he's mine and he's mine yes he's mine and he's mine yes he's
forget that you are holy, holy, holy. You're a holy God. And may us always walk reverently and humbly before you. May our praise be pure and sincere. May our worship come from humbled hearts that bow before the King of glory. For you are holy and there is none like unto thee. And we thank you, Father. That because of the blood of Jesus, we can draw near to you. And we can sit at your feet. We can praise your name and we can receive fresh fillings of your grace. Lord, you are holy and you are awesome. Help us to never forget that. And help us to always give you praise because of that. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Good morning. God is holy. Amen. God is holy. And as his people, we should always have a special reverence about us. Amen. For the holiness of God. It doesn't mean that we're sour. Hold on. It doesn't mean that we're sour. It doesn't mean that we're, we're joyless. But it does mean there is a proper reverence in our hearts. Not just when we're in church, of course here, but throughout our lives, the way we live as Christians. We live with a sincere reverence that we know the creator of the heavens and the earth is a holy God. Our Savior and our Redeemer is a holy God. Our Shepherd and our King is a holy God. Amen? And as we walk with him, there should be that proper response to God's holiness in the way we live, in the way we conduct our business, in the way we have our homes. Can you say amen to that? And certainly when we come into his house to worship him, God is the holy God. Amen. Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you do it quick? All right, very, very quick.
messages from Jesus around us, the heroes of the faith. And we want to um, begin with our background verse, which would be Genesis 12. We're going to talk about Abraham this morning. Abraham had an obedient faith. And Abraham is the father of them that believe. So if you would, Genesis 12, let's get some background here before we get to Hebrews. And um, Genesis 12, verse number 1. The Bible says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your father, household, your people, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. Now if you would, go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And we'll begin with verse 8. Read just three verses about Abraham. Hebrews 11, verse 8. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Father, speak to our hearts this morning. Help us to learn and glean some valuable lessons from the faith of Abraham in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Heroes of Hebrews 11, instruction and inspiration. This morning, Abraham, the obedient faith. Obedient faith. Now, the Bible teaches us about Abraham that he was known as the father of them that believe. The Bible teaches us that Abraham was a friend of God. That's a pretty good thing, amen? When the Bible says he's a friend of God. And he was known for his obedience of faith. What was he known for? He was really known to have an obedient faith. And if you know the story, you see that throughout his life, he had a prompt obedience and a, and a um, precise obedience. And he obeyed. And when God spoke, he moved. And again, as we study Abraham's life, we notice he was always obedient to the voice and the word of God. That's what he's known for, obedience. He believed God's promises. He acted upon God's instructions and commands, he left the certainties of the known, the comfortable, the familiar, the safe, and went out what to him was very unknown, relying on nothing other than the promise that God had spoken. He relied solely trusting on the command and the promises of God. Now, friends, that's the essence of faith. That's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to highlight here with Abraham. He left the seen for the unseen, and he left for you and I an example of daring faith. He had a faith that was willing to step out and trust God. We ask, where does such faith come from? 
What characteristics made Abraham such a, a man of faith? Well, number one this morning, I want you to recognize Abraham had listening ears. If you're going to be a man or woman of faith, listening ears. It says in verse 8 that by faith, Abraham, when called to go. Now again, the whole story of Abraham begins not with human desire or man's own ambition but with a word from the living God. God initiates this call like God initiates every other call. We're familiar with Romans 10 and 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We gotta have ears to hear. You see, faith starts with a word from God, not a leap, not a self-will or a self-emotion. And if we're gonna be the people with the type of faith that really pleases the heart of God, friend, we've got to be people of the word. Because faith starts with the word of God. And I thank God this morning that we have a book full of words. Can you say amen? Words from God. I mean, promises and principles and commandments and instructions, revelations that will ignite our faith and instruct our minds and will direct our steps and enable our lives to live like these men and women, these heroes of faith that we're studying in chapter 11 of Hebrews. It's very important that your faith rests in response to thus saith the Lord. That it is written of Scripture be the very source for your faith. Faith's only as good as its object. The object of our faith must be God and His Word. See, friend, too many take leaps. And they do things that are more out of their personal desires and human emotion than something that's God-initiated and God-inspired. In the life of Abraham, and Lord willing, maybe in the spring we can spend maybe three months just studying his life. It's an exciting life of faith, a journey of faith. But every time Abraham acted, according to the word, he experienced victory. And often the word of God that directed him, tested him, and tried him and stretched him, and proved him. The the word that God gave to his servant didn't always make sense to him. And at times it was even emotionally hard for him to act upon. But every time he acted obediently, victory was the result. But now whenever he acted apart from the word, there was trouble and there was more trouble. Instead of hearing from God and being led of God, when he acted emotionally or hastily or selfishly, trouble and more trouble. One time, if you're familiar with this story, there was a famine in the land. And he took his wife and they fled to Egypt without God telling them to. You know, sometimes we're too quick to run when God wants us to stand. Sometimes we're too quick just to give in and rashly, hastily do things when we get uncomfortable or fearful. When God says, stand! And let the Lord fight your battle and come through for you. But he did, and you know, because he did that, he made such a rash decision. It was very costly. He put his wife in great danger. He, he marred his testimony terribly. And here this man was supposed to be God's friend. You know, another time, he, he grew impatient, waiting on God's promise to come to pass. Have you ever been there? We all had. Someone had two hands up. Amen. Sometimes we, we get impatient, waiting on God to bring his promises to pass. And so Abraham and Sarah decided to take matters into their own hands. They tried to manipulate the promise. And the result was such trouble that today we're still dealing with the results of his mess. 
You'll turn on your news tonight and because they tried to help God out because they couldn't have enough patience to wait on God's perfect timing and they try to manipulate the promise, they produce an Ishmael and we're still... So we learn again from this great man of faith the simplicity of walking with God when we walk according to the word of God. It might not always be easy, but God will bless us in the end. But when we choose to do things our way, you might have an immediate reprieve. But sooner or later, you cannot sow disobedience without reaping a harvest that will harm you and shame you. Can you say amen? As Christians, we need to develop, number one, we need to cultivate ears of faith. Ears that are attuned or in tune. With the word of God. Some people are more in tune with the funny pages and the sports section. But we need to be in tune with the word of God. Because that's where our faith is going to come from. Amen. We need to have a sensitivity to. And a desire for the voice and the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 13. He who has ears, let him hear. He's saying let's make an effort to apply ourselves. To knowing the written word. But also to be sensitive to the Spirit, as the Spirit prompts us and leads us and speaks to our hearts. Friend, listen, it's very, extremely important that you be a man or woman of the Bible. That you're not a man or woman of, you know, just just tradition, or certainly not culture, but a man or woman of the Bible. In this present hour, for there are many voices that are speaking today. There are many words that are trying to sway men's thinkings or capture men's affections. And it's, friend, it's a very, if you haven't seen it, it's a very deceptive and confusing age in which we live. You know, that's why the Apostle Paul warned the church very clearly. First Timothy 4 and 1, the Apostle Paul says, you know what, in the last days, you're going to see something happening in the last days. The Spirit clearly says that in the last days, the latter times, Some will actually abandon the faith and they'll follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Things that tell you there's another way to heaven except Jesus. Things that tell you you can can trump the word of God and do what you want and ignore what God has clearly said. There is a spiritual deception in this present hour. And in the same way the Spirit of God speaks through people, the hellish spirit also speaks through people. So it's important that if we're going to walk with God and be men and women of faith, men that please God, we need to know our Bibles. We need to know what he has written and he has declared. And we need to believe that. We need to receive that. And we need to live that. Can you say amen? We need to know the voice of God. For we do serve a God that speaks. He speaks. To those that will apply themselves to the word and the will of God, he speaks. He'll speak to those that have an ear to hear. He'll speak primarily through the written word of God. Nothing will contradict the Bible. Someone says, God gave me a word and doesn't meet up with this. They're they're lying, they're confused, there's something, but they're not God. Can you say amen? But primarily, your foundation begins with this. If, if you can't do do, re, mi, fa, so, la, di, do on the thing, twinkle, twinkle, little star, you're not going to get fancy, amen? So start out with the Bible basics, learn the Bible, live the Bible, and from there, we start to be led of the Spirit in different things, but it's going to start here. God not only speaks to us through the written word, He speaks to us in our inner man. The Bible says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. We can be led by the Spirit, Amen? That still small voice of the Spirit. 
It's important, listen, it's important to have a health, I say healthy conscience. You get a healthy conscience when you give it a proper feeding of the word and you live sensitive to God. But a good healthy conscience is one of the greatest things you can have in your life. It will keep you from heartache and shame and regret. I'm saying keep your conscience tender before God. It's a gift from God. And that's one of the ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Amen. It grieves us and we feel grieving of the Spirit. Leading us and guiding us to peace. God speaks to our inner man. God speaks through circumstances. He opens doors, he closes doors. He lifts up, he puts down. God speaks to us through sermons and teachings. You hear someone on the radio teaching the word of God. You go to Sunday school, you hear the word of God. You do your devotions, sermons and teaching. But also through godly counsel. The Bible encourages godly counsel. When you need counsel for an important decision, don't go to the ungodly. Don't go to the half backslidden. Go to a man or woman of God, a maturity that can speak some wisdom of God into your life. You see, this is why it's so important to have a good quiet time. Amen? So sometimes we, we, we're, trying to get, we're, we're trying to get our PhD and we haven't got out of elementary school yet. Amen. Come on, say amen to that. It's why a quiet time is important to get wisdom and to hear clearly. I read a story years ago, and the story takes place before the days of refrigeration. Before refrigerators. People would, um, they would use what they call ice houses to preserve their food. These ice houses would have thick walls, no windows, tightly fitted doors. And in the winter, especially in places like Minnesota, Wisconsin, they'd go to the lake and they'd cut out big chunks of ice. And they'd haul them into the ice houses. They'd cover it with sawdust. And often that ice would last into the summer. And that's how they keep it. Well, the story says one time a man lost a valuable watch. He was working and they lost a watch. And him and his friends went through the sawdust. They could not find it. There was a kid that was in the area. And this little boy had heard about their problem. So when the guys were on lunch break, he went in. And he came out about 10 minutes later and he had the watch. And they said to him, they said, how did you find the watch? We looked and looked. And the little boy said this. He said, I closed the door and then I laid down in the sawdust and I kept very still. And soon I heard the watch ticking. You see, friend, often the question is not whether God is speaking, but whether we are being still enough and quiet enough to hear Friend, it's important to quiet our souls in God's presence. There's many times life can get noisy and we get frustrated and things quiet. And you hear God speak to you in that devotional time. Quiet. And you hear God speak to you down in your spirit and in your conscience. I've noticed something through all these years. I've noticed some people that talk to God but not with God. I've noticed some people just want to talk to God, but not with God. They want God just to be a Buddha. They can get things off or give a Christmas list. But there's not a a communion. How'd you like it at one side of the marriage, did all the talking and didn't do any of the listening? Yeah. Don't help your wife right now. Just right here. Right here. I had a young man, one of, our, one of our men, I asked him the other day, a couple weeks back, how's it going at work? Good, God's blessing. They go, and he gave me a testimony. He said, you know, pastor, on my job, he says, I put out a lot of fires. The owner of the company, that's kind of what he's deputized me to do. 
And he says, you know, just a, just a couple weeks ago, I was getting ready to go to work, and usually I, you know, I take down some quick breakfast and coffee, hit the road, and I kind of felt the Lord impress on me, no breakfast this morning, fast breakfast, and spend that extra time driving into work praying. He says, so I didn't have any breakfast, I didn't have any coffee, just went into work praying a little extra. And when I got there, man, did I have a fire and a half to take out. I mean, that boss gave me a situation that was, that was sensitive and, and that was very delicate and had a lot of moving parts to it. You know, as I, as I entered in, God just gave me favor with all the parties. God gave me special wisdom and great with all these people. It was so easy to be a combustible thing, but God just gave me the ability to get both sides back into agreement to stop something that could have exploded into becoming peaceful and working it out. And he said, I just know it was the Lord impressing on me to fast so I could get some extra time to get his mind and to get as sensitive to the spirit. So again, it's important that we practice a quiet time and that we don't just talk to God. We allow God to talk to us. Can you say amen? Give us ears to hear. Give us ears to hear. Give us ears to hear. Abraham, our father in the faith, had an ear to hear. And I pray, friends, that we would train our ears to hear and our spirits to respond to the voice of the Lord. You know, if you, if you grieve the Spirit long enough, He won't talk to you so much. If you ignore me every time I see you, after a while, I, don't, I won't bother us. You know, wave, waving, it's well, whatever. Isn't that true? I know some people in years past, God tried to use them in the gifts, but they grieved God how many times? And they never stepped out, obeyed. Then after a while, they never heard that prompting anymore. God said, I'll find someone that'll obey me. Some people used to be sharp when it came to personal evangelism. And God would use them. Then then they got too busy. And when God would prompt them, they stopped. They started, no, no. And after a while, God said, well, if you won't listen to me, I've got to find someone else that will. So Lord, give us trained ears that hear but also sensitive hearts that will respond. You know, the Bible says, John 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep, not only do they know my voice, they hear my voice and they follow me. That's the obedience of faith right there. This is Jesus. My sheep hear or listen to my voice. They hear my voice. They've trained their ears to read their word, to hear what I'm speaking to them. They've trained their ear when they're in my presence, not only to pour out their burdens, but to wait and let me speak to their hearts. My sheep listen to my voice, but they don't just hear my voice. Then they respond to my voice for they follow me. They come after me. It's not enough just to hear it. You got to do it. Can you say amen? Abraham heard God's voice. And that word generated faith within his heart. He had, number one, listening ears. If we want to be men and women of faith, God, give us ears that hear. Give us ears that hear that word. Give us ears that are sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. He had listening ears. He heard, but hearing is not enough. Don't stop with just hearing. Not only did he have hearing ears, he had obedient feet. One of my mentors used to say, you got to put feet to faith. you got to put feet to faith. Some people here, they got notebooks. You got to get another room in the house for all their notebooks, but they're not acting on anything. Faith must do more than listen and learn. Faith must act. Faith must apply the word of God and respond to the word of God. Isn't that right? 
Hearing's not enough. Emotion in itself is not enough. Tongue can get emotional. You got to do what the word says. Most of us are familiar, James 1 and 22, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And I kind of like the NIV kind of makes it real plain. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Isn't that interesting? Forget the devil deceiving you. We deceive ourselves when all we do is listen to the word, but don't apply the word. Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourself. NIV just makes it plain. Do what it says. Man, you don't need to know Greek, Hebrew, or Italian to figure that one out. Amen? Do what it says. If it says one man and one woman till death do you part, do what it says. If it says no sex until you're in the marriage, do what it says. If it says one man and one woman, not men with men and women with women, do what it says. Hallelujah. It's simple. Do what it says. God knows better. His ways are best. Real faith. It's more than just something you talk about. It's a life we live as we live according to the word of God. Throw all your excuses in the trash bin. Throw all that stuff in the dumpster. God will accept none. But he calls men to obedience. He calls people to proper submission. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Talking about being a man or woman of faith. You got to have a hearing ear, but you got to have obedient feet. The obedience, the action, the response of faith. That'll bring about the blessing. That'll bring about the promise. That'll fulfill the purpose. Obedience, the action, the response, the application of faith. That brings us into the reception of the blessing. A hearing ear. Believing with the heart. That's just the beginning. But let us never forget. It's the action and response that enables a person To possess the blessing. Abraham's our example. To leave the certainties that one knows. And go out into what is quite unknown. Relying on nothing but the word of God. Responding and applying and obeying that word. That's faith. One writer said Abraham's faith was a faith that was ready for action. God called. And when God called, it meant leaving home, leaving family, leaving the business. Yet he went. When God calls, he expects you to be able to lay things aside if you really want to follow him. When God calls, he expects you to leave that old life of sin behind if you're really going to be a Christian. When God calls, he might call you to a place of service. That means you got to let some things behind. God takes you to a newer place. Obedient faith. The action of faith. You know, we see many examples of this throughout the word of God. Certainly in the gospels. Men and women who received an answer from God or received a miracle, received a special blessing because they put feet to faith. Most of familiar, the Old Testament, Joshua. Joshua 1 and 3, when God said, I will give you every place where you set your foot. What a promise. God had promised him a great inheritance. God had promised him a great blessing. God promised to bless his life and his efforts. But Joshua, he had to step out. He had to cross some barriers. He had to climb some mountains. He had to face some enemies. He had to obey some instructions, did he not? To possess God's best. 
You have to put feet to faith. You and I have to do our part. If we want to receive the promise of God, if we want to grow in the achievement of God, if we want to fulfill our purpose in God, if we want to see God bring that dream to reality, then it will demand a daring, trusting, believing action of faith that not only hears but obeys and trusts God. And can you say amen? Mark this down. Faith moves out. Faith moves out. Faith lays claim to the promise of God. We have to do something. There's something on our side that has to be done if we're going to see God's best. We have to do something. Remember, faith is not a passive thing. Faith is not merely a mental thing. It's taking God at his word and responding with trust and obedience. Taking God at his word and responding with trust and obedience. You know, the Gospels give us so many examples. I mean, they just bless me. I could have camp meeting all by myself when I think about the Gospels and the action of faith. I mean, we got a lot of talking about faith, but we need the action of faith. Come on, say amen to that. It's enough we talk about this and talk, but God's looking for some action. God's looking for some doers. God's looking for some not afraid to get out of the boat, not afraid to leave the family behind, that'll step out and say, here I am, use me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Think of the examples from that, that gospel. Oh, we think of blind Bartimaeus. Remember his story? He heard, didn't he? He heard that there was one called Jesus and he was a blind man healer. But hearing wasn't enough. Uh-oh, hearing's not enough. You see, Jesus was passing by. There was, it was time to act. The time was now. Sometimes you can't wait. You gotta get saved today. You might not make it to your 15 or 16 or 18. Jesus was passing by. The action had to go now. The obedience had to go now. He had to act. He had to exercise some bold, daring faith. And you know what he did. You know the story. He cried out. He, he got loud. He shouted. He got aggressive. He interrupted the religious parade. It bothered the crowd. The religious crowd said, no, no, you're getting loud. You're out, you're out of order. I can't say, you hush up. I'm blind, not you. I need the miracle. You just do your thing. But it was the action of faith that stopped the Lord and brought a miracle to a desperate man. I pray that someone will develop some obedient feet this morning. Child of God, renounce those fears, faith those enemies, and step out on the word of God. It's time. Don't let any more life pass you by. No more be complacent. No longer be lackadaisical. It's time to go forward in Jesus. If you got to leave your friends and family behind, leave them. But go forward in Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Think of that leper. Another example, he puts some feet to faith. The leper approached Jesus. Remember him? Breaking society's laws, breaking all social protocol. He had heard a death sentence. Leprosy has no cure. Get your house in order, there's no hope. But then he heard a life sentence. (laughs) He heard that there was one sent from God with power and authority that even leprosy could not resist. 
Oh, somebody, God got a better word for you. God's got a better word for you. Oh, thank God for the doctors, but they don't get the final word. God gets the final word. Somebody, God's got a better word. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. You shall live. You shall not die, but you will serve the Lord and live a life that touches masses for the glory of God. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. There was a leper. He had a bad report, but praise God, then he got a good report. He heard Jesus is nearby. Somebody, Jesus is nearby. Reach out and touch him. Hearing alone would not free him from his terrible disease. You know the story. He had to move out. He had to leave that leper colony. He moved out. He he left the rest. He went alone courageously, reverently. He came. He approached Jesus. He knelt on his knees in an act of homage and worship. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the Bible says, Jesus, filled with compassion, he stretched forth his hand. He said, I am willing. He touched him. Made him whole. Cleansed him completely. The obedience, the action of faith brought God's healing touch into his life. We're talking about the feet of faith. Oh, throughout the word of God. What made the difference? It was men and women that were not not merely hearers. A lot of people are going to go to hell quoting John 3.16. Telling you about grandpa used to be a member and daddy was a preacher. But they never got it right in their own heart. Oh no, you can't get to heaven on someone else's faith. You got to get to heaven on your own faith. You'll never be able to serve God on grandma's faith. You got to generate, cultivate and develop your own faith. Anybody remember that woman with the issue of blood? Oh, my Lord. Talk about feet to faith. Another one she heard. See, a lot of people are hearing, but not as many people following, seeking, and stretching, and reaching. Her faith was stirred. Hope came alive. Twelve years hemorrhaging, bleeding to death. The Bible says she had spent all the money she had on doctors, and they couldn't help her. But then she heard. She heard of Jesus. I want someone to hear of Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus can make a new man or a new woman out of you if you'll come to him. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll put his spirit within you and make you a new creature. She heard, but it's not enough just to hear. That's where it starts. Not enough just to get stirred with emotion. That's just part of the journey. She heard, but then she thought. She believed. She thought. She said, you know, I believe if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. More than all the doctors and all the money. Just one touch from Jesus. The Bible says she came. She pressed through the crowd. It wasn't easy. You see, here's the problem. If you're really going to mean business with God, it's not always easy. I know people try to paint a picture that it's easy. It's not always easy. There's some friends you're going to have to drop. You might have to stop hanging out with your own family for a while. But there's some things you got to do if you're going to get serious with God. Am I preaching okay? I miss being young. I used to be able to preach like this all day long when I was young. Now I've got to pace myself. 
obedient faith, obedient faith. A woman with the issue of blood. What a story, huh? What a story. Oh my. All by herself she came. There was no one there to assist her. There was no one even there to agree with her in faith. All by herself she overcame. Years of disappointment, years of disease. She pressed through that crowd of resistance and rejection, but then finally praised God. She touched Jesus. And then Jesus touched her. Oh, my Lord, he'll touch you. He'll touch you. He'll touch you. He'll touch you. Will you use some feet and step? Will you join him? Will you use your faith to reach him? Touched her. What's the Bible say? She felt healing. He felt a release of power. Old King James, virtue flowed. I want someone to know the virtue of Jesus is still flowing today. The virtue of Jesus Christ is still flowing today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And his healing power is still flowing today. His saving power is still working today. And if you'll respond to what the Spirit is speaking to your heart right now, if you'll respond to God, God will receive you. God will touch you. God will work amazing things in and through your life. So many beautiful, inspiring miracles, but none would have taken place without the action of faith. Obedient feet. Faith moves out. I think we've got a lot of wonderful missionaries in our church. You know, for every missionary that we have that is a testimony of God using them, there's probably another eight that came to an altar at some missions convention, blah, 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 their tears and never went. Got too busy selling cars at the Chevy dealer. And got too busy because didn't want to leave mama's pasta. Well, maybe not pasta around here, but where I'm from, mama's pasta on Sunday afternoons. You see, it's not enough just to hear God. It's not enough even to have God speak you by name. You got to respond. You got to obey. You got to be a doer of that word. Can you say amen to that? You got to put feet to faith. Whew. Abraham's faith obeyed. That's the theme of Abraham. Abraham had an obedient faith. When God called him, he left. He went. He left no forwarding address. There was no plan B and no turning back. You see, some are trying to walk both sides of the fence. You can't do it. The devil's lying to you. You can't do it. You're going to serve God or serve the devil. You can't do both. It's impossible to have two masters. When Abraham and Sarah obeyed, they didn't even know where they were going. He's 75 years old. Got a good business. Got family. Comfortable. Prosperous. God calls him to leave the old religion, to leave his family, and to follow Where are we going? You'll find out when we get there. Woo. Oh, my Lord. You walk with God. Sometimes you don't know where you're going, but you know who you're with. Amen. You know who you're with. The life of faith begins with a step of faith. The initial response of faith is you, your response, my response to Christ. The initial response is we respond to the call of the gospel. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him, whoever receives and comes to him, you don't have to perish, but you can receive eternal life, forgiveness, abundant life. 
The initial call is to come and serve Christ. The initial call is to call the gospel, calling you to come and give your life to Christ. To leave behind old patterns of living and old friendships that are not godly. And give Jesus your life and walk for him and serve him. That's how it starts. And then from there we grow. Then from there we mature and we achieve. We overcome as we become. We move into God's promises. We fulfill God's purposes. We start out by getting saved. I mean really saved. Not just religious, but giving our lives completely to Jesus and surrendering all to him. And from there, Abraham and Sarah, they obeyed God one step at a time. That's how it works. One day at a time, and God led them to their appointed destination. A friend, he'll do the same to you. He'll lead you if you walk with him. He'll take you to the place you've been calling to you to if you'll just follow him. If you walk with him daily, trusting him, obeying him. Their faith was a maturing faith. It was a growing faith because it was an exercised and obedient faith. If you want your faith to mature and grow, then you have to exercise it by obeying the Lord and walking with the Lord and learning more about the Lord. Amen? It was progressive. It was increasing in its understanding, in its revelation, in its experience. But the journey of faith began when God called them and they left the old and they followed him into a new day. Think about that. The journey of faith began when they called him. They left the old and followed him to a new day. The life of faith begins with the willingness to leave the old way of living and the old pattern of life and follow Christ. Some struggle with that. Some don't mind being religious. Some don't mind, you know, taking a couple good thoughts from the Christian, Christianese. But they're not ready to surrender their lives. They're not ready to leave their life of sin. Unwilling to leave behind what needs to be left behind. But Jesus warned us you can't serve two masters. See, God demands a leaving of the old. The old way of living, the old pattern of life. And faith causes a man or woman to really follow God and give themselves sincerely to the true and living God. And that means laying down the old and picking up the new. You know, for some people, they reject salvation all out. They just reject getting saved because they're unwilling to leave it behind and follow Jesus. That's simple. Some like their sin more than the Savior. Some have not yet had the gravity of sin and where it will lead you really hit them. Because if it did, they would flee to salvation and for the opportunity to get right with God. But some reject salvation. They're unwilling to leave behind what needs to be left behind and follow Jesus and respond to God's call and live the way God wants them to live. But others, others start and they do receive Christ, but they never go as far as they could. They never accomplish all God has ordained for them because they're unwilling to leave some things behind and step forward and follow God's call with trusting obedience. Sometimes you've got to burn the ships. There's a story from history 
If I could use an example from history back in the 1500s, explorer by the name of Cortez. Cortez. He outfitted some ships to go from Cuba to explore the east coast of Mexico. And while they were getting there, he heard some grumblings of mutiny and rebellion from the crew. So when they finally got to their destination, it said that Cortez took all the valuable stuff off the ships and then burned the ships. He had the ships burned. He didn't want there to be any way they could retreat. A writer says, are you willing to burn the ships in your life? Are you willing to say no retreat? It's all for Jesus. My life, my plans, my goals, my ambitions, my heart, my mind. Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll live how you want me to live. Somebody, it's time to burn the ships and follow God and let the Lord take you where he wants you to be. Can you say amen? Abraham's the father of them that believe. He's a great example of all of us who want to walk with God, who really want to grow in faith and please the Savior. From Abraham's life, we see that Abraham had listening ears. Give us ears that love our Bibles, that are sensitive to the Word and the Spirit of God. Abraham had obedient feet. He didn't just hear it. He couldn't just talk it. He couldn't talk the talk. He walked the walk. He applied the Word of God. He lived the Word of God. But lastly, hearing ears need obedient feet. Then once you start walking, Abraham had steady eyes. You don't want to trip up. You don't want to get distracted. I know a lot of people started, but they, they tripped up. They got sidetracked. Maybe they saw something, they turned back, and they got sidetracked. Abraham had steady eyes. Verse 10 says he's looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. <laughs> We talk about steady eyes. Your spiritual focus. How's your spiritual focus? How's your spiritual concentration? Is there an intentional effort in your life to grow and please the Lord? I'm not talking about living by accident. Is there an intentional effort in your life to grow and to know and to please the Lord? He is looking for a city. And when, and when we're looking for a city, we got these eyes. We got steady eyes that are caring about eternity and care about pleasing the Lord and going forward in God. Friend, that, that keeps a man or woman from drifting or settling or straying off course. You see, the enemy of our soul will try to distract us, discourage us, deceive us, try to somehow get our attention off what really matters or get our affections off the eternal. You see, broken focus is one of the greatest dangers to the walk of faith. Broken focus. Again, the enemy tries to knock a man or woman off course. Gets us to turn back or give up. Sometimes it's the lure of temptation. The world calls us. Instead of following Christ, go back and, and li live sinful. And other times it's just circumstances try to intimidate us. Will we get distracted and fearful? And we shrink back instead of pressing on and trusting God to go forward. The vision of faith makes possible the victory of faith. The Bible teaches us, Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
And the author of Hebrews is talking to Hebrew Christians and he's encouraging them in their race. He's saying, now listen, the enemy will try to distract you. The enemy will try to discourage you. But keep your focus on the Lord. Keep your focus in your heart on pleasing the Lord and obeying the Lord. Don't get distracted by these things. You wake up and say, how did I get here? You got distracted. And when the challenges come, don't be intimidated by them. Don't turn back and go back to Egypt and the old way of living. Trust God to bring you through. Trust God every step of the way. He that began a good work in you, he'll complete that work if you let him. He'll complete that work if you follow him. The walk of faith demands steady eyes, a fixed focus, a spiritual concentration and effort. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and keep your heart's desire stirred with, I want to please God. I want to obey God. I want to go forward in God. Every now and again, give your, weigh yourself spiritually. Have I grown? Or how did I get here? I've been in church and all along. I forgot. We get distracted, you see. The enemy tries to distract us. Amen. I don't know if you ever watched the little kids play um, Pop Warner football, like the little six, seven, and eight-year-olds. Have you ever watched it? It's crazy watching the little guys run. And you always have one good running back, amen? And, and he'll break through, right? He'll break through the little guy. He'll break through, and he's going, and he's, got, he's ahead of everyone, amen? And you know what he does? He looks back to see if anyone's following. He trips, don't. And the coach got no, just look forward. Just look at the goal. Look at the goal. Look at the goal. Don't look back. Look, go forward and run. Don't look as he's following behind. No, no, no. And sometimes we get caught up in things. Lesser, some, some, things some things are just lesser things. Some things are just flat out sinful things, you know. But anything that keeps me from focusing on the Lord and working at growing in the Lord. And obeying the Lord is a danger to my race in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Abraham. He was a man of obedient faith. What an example. I want to be a man of obedient faith. Amen? Amen. If I'm going to have obedient faith, number one, I got to know what faith is. Faith is believing and obeying that word. So I got to have some listening ears. Amen. I got to have ears that love that word and listen to that word and listen to this. Okay. Give me ears to hear. Amen. Amen. Then give me feet to respond. Some people talk a good Christianity. It's another thing to walk a good Christianity. Come on. Say amen to that. Come on. I'm going to say about you all. I mean, come on. You know, it's a whole lot easier to preach on forgiveness than to walk in forgiveness. Amen, That right? No, no, no. We're all in the same boat together. I'm just saying we, we got to be honest about this. And if there's areas where we're falling short, don't make excuses. Say, Lord, i got to improve in this area. Give me grace. Lord, this is an area that I need to get a little stronger in. The whole, the whole process of growing, what we like to call sanctification, the theological word, sanctification, there's really like two parts to it, two main parts. I'm getting very general here, so any theologians out there, give me a break. Um, there, there is always a continual dying to, dying to, killing, and a developing of, a growing. The old Joe constantly has to die. 
going to die to my anger, my, my self-will, my selfishness, my impatience. You know, gotta die, i got to die to me. Amen? The old way I used to live and think and I was raised, you know, you got, i got to die. And that's constant. Now, the longer you do it, it's easier because that guy gets dead. But, you know, when you're first starting out, oh, boy. But then that's not enough just to die. i got to develop. i got to grow more like Jesus. i got to develop kindness and gentleness and self-control and love. Amen? And peace. So, 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 again, some things aren't just terribly sinful, but, man, they'll knock you off course. But I want to have obedient feet. I want to step out and obey God. Amen? If God's word says it, I want to obey it and believe it. Amen? Amen? And when I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart, I want to respond to that prodding. If he's calling me to come and get saved, I'm going to get saved. If he's calling me to come and make a fresh devo- dedication, I'm going to do it. If he's calling me to go and serve, I'm going to do it. Amen. And lastly, steady eyes. Watch your focus. It's so easy for innocent things just to get us distracted. And then we look back and say, man, it's been six months. I really haven't been growing. You know, I was sharper a year and a half ago. I can remember times in my own life. As a young guy, I used to, I used to evangelize all the time. I mean, I'd be... I'd lay hands on people. We didn't have Walmart where I'm from, but, you know, same point. We'd lay hands on people in stores. We'd, I'd talk at a drop of a hat. Then I could notice somehow getting busy, and I was losing my sharpness. Where at a drop of a hat, I'd stop, I'd stop. I'm in a crowd of people and just start preaching. I started losing. You know, if you don't stay tight with the Lord, you can get dull. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like a tool gets dull, you can get spiritually dull. Getting distracted by things. Getting knocked off course by things. I keep my eyes on Jesus. The vision of faith makes possible the victory of faith. If I keep looking at Jesus, it encourages my heart. It keeps my mind on the eternal thing. And it keeps me from all the distractions and the tactics of the enemy. Amen? All right. We're going to pray. If you're here today and you need to burn some ships, God loves you. Jesus loves you, but you have to do your part if you want to walk in the best that God has for you. He loves you. He's full of mercy and grace, but you have to do your part to respond to him, to follow and obey him. So if you're here today and for any reason you haven't received Jesus, in a little while we're going to sing another song and we're going to pray at the altar. Please come. Someone will pray with you. If you haven't received Christ, come and receive him. If you're here and you just, i got to burn some ships. Because my life is constantly one step forward, two steps, one step. And I know i just got to burn some ships. I've got to make some changes. I've got to do some severing so I can walk like God wants me to walk. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. Listening ears. Obedient feet. And steady eyes. Stand with me, please. Let us pray. And if you need prayer for anything else, these altars are open. He's a great God. Jesus is here. That virtue is still flowing. He'll heal you today. He'll fill you. You need a fresh filling? You need a fresh filling? He'll fill you to the Holy Ghost afresh today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the example of Abraham. We thank you for this man of faith, for his example and his inspiration. Help us, Lord to apply these principles to our own walk. Help us to be men and women that have ears to hear. People that love your word and are ready to hear your voice speak. Help us to be men and women that have the feet of faith 
that we will respond and apply your word to our lives. When you speak to us through the written word, when you speak to us through the sermon, when you speak to us through the spirit in our inner man, we will obey. We will respond. We will apply the truth to our lives. And oh God, help us to have steady eyes. So many things are trying to intimidate us, distract us. Circumstances are trying to make us fearful. Temptations are trying to lure us in the wrong direction. But, oh, Jesus, help us to keep looking at you. Help us to stay focused and concentrate on what really matters in this life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your power would flow in a mighty measure at this altar. If people need to burn some ships, give them grace to burn them so they'll be free to follow you and serve you like they want to. If anyone's here today and they need a touch, a healing touch, let that virtue flow and make many people whole. If anyone here today is thirsty and weary, just want to drink from the Spirit, as they seek, let them receive a fresh filling in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,